Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. May His grace and His blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, Amen. I greet you, dear brothers and sisters, on this, the fourth Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Tuba. And as we heard, the Gospel reading today came from the entire ninth chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, which told us the story of the healing of a man who was blind from his birth. And because it is a long gospel and we have a lot to say, let us begin our meditations quickly and meditate on this striking story in only three points. First, let us speak about reflection. Reflection. When the Lord God created the cosmos, the universe, he created two beings that are capable of reflection. The first being the angels and the second being mankind. That is to say that only angels and human beings can reflect on their active thought and gain knowledge through introspection and make up their minds. The early church fathers teach us that there is a difference, however, between angels and humans in the fact that the angels can no longer change their minds. They had that ability before the creation of the visible world, our universe, and now they are stuck with their first choice. Most of them chose goodness and to continue serving the living God, but a portion of them chose evil and to follow the fallen angel, Satan. Our focus today, however, is not on angels, but rather on human beings, because this ability to reflect, this gift, as St. Gregory the Theologian characterizes it, makes human beings unique among all of the other creation. It is important for me to emphasize this to you today, dear brothers and sisters, because the uniqueness and the exalted nature of human beings is under attack in our modern 21st century. In our universities, many unbelieving professors speak of our evolution from simple organisms or the fact that we have come from apes because we share 97% of our DNA with them. Our DNA makeup matters not a single bit when speaking about the uniqueness and the exalted nature of man who was created as a child of God in the image of God and according to the likeness of God. Unlike every other creature in the universe, man and man alone can reflect on his innermost thoughts and gain knowledge from that exercise. I think of my dog, who as a Bichon mix is supposed to be intelligent for a dog. And no matter how much intelligence he shows in his ability to obey commands, he is simply unable to reflect on his thoughts. He is unable to learn a new language. He has no sense of his Bishan ancestors, which is quite unlike human beings who have uncovered and preserved the memory of other human beings who lived thousands of years ago. Indeed, brothers and sisters, man is unique. 
Man is unique. And I mention this today because the man born blind in today's gospel reading manifests this uniqueness. Although he is physically blind, one gets the impression from today's story that he can really see. Of course, not in a physical sense, but in a spiritual sense, because he reflects, because he knows himself. Since he did not have physical eyes, the spiritual eyes of his soul were finely tuned and sharply focused. In fact, our Lord Jesus Christ highlights the difference between this blind man and the Pharisees and leaders of the Jews at the end of the story when he tells the Pharisees, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say we see, therefore your sin remains. Think about the import of our Lord's words here. He was saying to the leaders of the Jews, if you were blind like this man who was born with no eyes, you would have no sin. What was so special about this man who was born blind? You see, dear brothers and sisters, because he was blind, this man was forced to live an interior life. He was free from all of the distractions that were external to himself, and that made him much more attuned to the enormous world, the spiritual world, that was inside himself and which is inside every human being. As the Greek Orthodox Metropolitan Callistos Ware wrote in the Orthodox way, man stands at the heart of God's creation, participating as he does in both the spiritual and material realms. He is an image or a mirror of the whole creation. He is a little universe or microcosm. All created things have their meeting place in man. And this is not Metropolitan Callistos' own opinion, but rather it is a summary of the teachings of the Holy Fathers on who and what man is. Yes, dear brothers and sisters, inside every human being, there is an icon of the cosmos. Inside every human being, there is a vast spiritual realm. As our Lord himself told us, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. The man born blind found the kingdom inside of him. The physical darkness that surrounded him throughout his life helped to reveal the spiritual light that was inside of him. And when the man who was born blind plunged himself into the depths of his innermost soul, something wonderful happened. He not only knew himself, but also he grew in his knowledge of God. He found God in his innermost self. A thousand years before him, the holy prophet King David would write about a similar experience in Psalm 139, in which he wrote, O Lord, thou hast proved me and known me, Thou knowest my inside and my outside. Thou understandest my thoughts long before. Prove me, O Lord, and know my heart. Examine me and know my paths. 
When we go deeper into the inner spiritual life, we gain knowledge not only of ourselves, but of the living God who fashioned us and dwells inside of us. As the Holy Apostle reminds us, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? This then is the lesson we learn from the man born blind, his blindness to the external world, to all of the distractions that commonly grab our attention and consume our thoughts, led to pure inner spiritual sight. And this helped him to know not only himself, but also to grow in his knowledge of God. Second, let us speak about hearing, and more specifically, hearing the word of God. As we heard in today's gospel passage, our Lord Jesus Christ healed the blind man in the following way. He spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Shiloam, which is translated scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Now, if we were to break down this process of healing, we would find three distinct stages of healing. In the first stage, we find our Lord's saliva and the dust of the earth, which he combined into mud, or keramos in Greek, which is the word from which we get the English word ceramics, keramos, or mud. Our Lord stuffed this keramos, this mud, into the man's eye sockets. And this first stage of healing symbolizes the first creation, when God fashioned man out of the dust of the earth. And the second stage of healing involved hearing the word of God. Our Savior commanded the man born blind, now go wash. And the man born blind listened to the word of God and obeyed it. And so we see that before the blind man could see he first had to hear. Before he could see, he first had to hear. He stood before our Savior, our Savior who says of himself, I am the truth, and he actively obeyed that truth. And what an important reminder this is for us today, as the Holy Apostle reminds us, so then faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of God. People in every age, dear brothers and sisters, listen to their own opinions, their own desires, their own sinful passions before listening to the word of God and obeying the truth that is contained therein. But I want to remind you, dear brothers and sisters, that such a way of life does not lead to union with God. In today's Gospel reading, we see how the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jews had no shortage of opinions concerning the supposed sinfulness of Christ and the man born blind. They were so attached to their own desires and their own sinful passions to want to remain in control that they ended up becoming deaf to the Word of God, which was declaring truth to them. The man born blind, however, 
listened to the word of God, and because he listened, he had absolute clarity. Listen to the clarity of the man born blind in today's gospel. When he was answering the Pharisees and the leaders of the Jews, he said to them, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, one thing I'm certain about, one thing I have certitude in, is that though I was blind, now I see. Now we know that God does not hear sinners, But if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, he hears him. And since the world began, it has been unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who was born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. Listen, dear brothers and sisters, to the amazing clarity of the man born blind. He doesn't pretend to have all of the answers in life, but he is absolutely certain about what he knows. He is absolutely certain about the truth. And in fact, he was so certain about the truth that the leaders of the Jews couldn't stand it. As we heard in the gospel, they answered and said to him, you were completely born in sins and are you teaching us? And they cast him out. Doesn't that sound familiar to you, dear brothers and sisters? It should sound familiar because it reflects oftentimes, sadly, the attitude of the modern world. People today are no longer moved by faith, which comes from hearing the word of God and committing oneself to it. Instead, people demand physical, tangible proof, something that they can hold in their hands or test in a lamb. And if a Christian today expresses his faith with certitude, with certainty, as the blind man did in today's gospel, there is a real risk. He will be cast out just like the blind man was. There is a real risk. He will be fired from his job. There is a real risk. He will be labeled a fanatic. There is a real risk that society will turn against him. It saddens me to share that in my interactions with people, especially on social media, we find even baptized Coptic Orthodox Christians who try to convince me and others that the church and her clergy should not speak publicly about Christ and faith, that they shouldn't comment on matters like abortion and same-sex marriage and political discourse and other current events that may have a spiritual component because they say what's true for Christians may not necessarily be true for other people. So we should be quiet and not impose ourselves on others. There is a word to describe this attitude. The word is faithlessness. Faithlessness. We are called to be the light of the world. And yes, we are not called to change the laws of our society and to make them religious laws that suit our own purposes. But nonetheless, we are called to express what is right. We are called to express what is true and good and beautiful. We are called to say to our society, because we love you, we are worried about you, and this course of action that you have chosen is not the way. It is not the way to union with God to have a law 
that has resulted in the slaughter of 60 million children since 1973. It is not a path that leads to union with God to redefine what marriage means and to attack the natural concepts of gender. That is not a path that will lead to union with God. And we Christians, in all humility and love and sincerity, must say this, not forcing ourselves on anyone, but in love expressing the truth, as St. Paul says, speaking the truth in love. This is a topic that I hope to address in more detail soon. But we see that the second stage of healing for the blind man was hearing the word of God. What was the first stage? The first stage was the keramos, the mud, the saliva and the dust, which symbolizes the first creation, how God made man from the dust of the earth. The second stage of healing involved what? Hearing the word of God. And do you remember what our Lord asked the man to do after all of this? What was the last thing he asked the man to do? Wash. Wash with water. What do you think that symbolizes? Baptism. Do you see our whole spiritual life is found in this one account of healing? God fashioned us to hear his will, to hear his word, and he refashioned us through baptism when we fell. And now he makes us a new creation and he bestows upon us sight. The three stages of our spiritual lives are captured here in the healing of the blind man. And that leads us to our third and our final point, which is to speak briefly about transformation. Transformation. Hopefully you have all noticed that we have been witnessing a progression thus far in the story of the man born blind. At the beginning of the story, as we said, he is physically blind, but he is able to reflect on his active thoughts, to know himself, and to grow in his knowledge of God. And later, he becomes a hearer of the word of God, which leads to faith. And now, towards the end, he receives his sight. And for him, receiving his sight meant a complete an utter transformation. What do I mean by this? Well, think about what it means for a man who was born blind to receive his sight. This was a man who never saw a sunrise or a sunset. He knew nothing of the beauty of a calm lake. He had no experience of the beauty of a human face. And at the moment he received his sight, He became a completely new person. He was completely transfigured and transformed. And that's why we are told in today's gospel that some of the man's own neighbors, the people that lived with him throughout his life, were not sure if he was the same person. They weren't sure if it was the same man that he knew. Some said it is he, others said it is like him. They didn't recognize him because once he received his sight, he was completely transformed. And I hope you understand this point, and I hope you see where I am going with this. When we encounter God in our lives, that experience necessarily changes us. Everything is different. 
Think about Jacob who wrestled all night with the pre-incarnate Christ. And he emerged from that night with a blessing, a new name, and a limb. Think of Moses ascending Mount Sinai in a perfectly normal physical state, but coming down that mountain after his encounter with God with a face that was shining so brightly that he had to cover it with a cloth so that the people of Israel could behold his face. Think of the holy apostles who were called as simple and uneducated fishermen, but after the descent of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, emerged as the most advanced philosophers the world has ever seen. Even in later times, think of Saint Mary of Egypt, who went from Egypt, from Alexandria, to Jerusalem as a successful prostitute, but then went from Jerusalem back to Alexandria as a repentant ascetic who would spend decades in the wilderness weeping for her sins. Our experience of God must change us, dear brothers and sisters. It must result in a complete realignment of our priorities and loyalties. We cannot come out of our experience with God as the same person who went in. Today, we are reminded in a powerful way that our Lord Jesus Christ invites us to be completely transformed as was the man who was born blind. And in order for us to accept this invitation, we must cooperate with Christ. Just as the blind man was blind to the external reality and worldly distractions around him, so too must we be willfully blind. Not willfully blind in a bad way, but willfully blind from all of the external things and distractions that lead us away from God. Just as the blind man heard the word of God and embraced it in faithful obedience, so too must we become listeners of the word of God, eager to obey the truth in any given circumstance, no matter how inconvenient or how painful that might be. Just as the blind man received sight from Christ and was transformed by it, so too must we be transformed by our experience of God. Today, dear brothers and sisters, because it is Sunday, the church, like every single Sunday, shares with us this good news. What is the good news? Christ is risen, and you are free. You are no longer enslaved to sin. You are no longer enslaved to the devil. You are no longer captives of death. You are free. And you are free to accept Christ's invitation and to work with him for the sake of your salvation. May God grant us all the grace, the ability, the desire, and the means to cooperate with him for the sake of our salvation. To our God be all glory, to the All-Holy Father, to the All-Holy Son, and to the All-Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen.